Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining me tonight for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host for tonight, Joan Kelly Walker. Laura Bellotta will be back again next week. So tonight we're talking about what are the rules of the dating game and how can you use them to improve your dating life. Tonight I'm joined by Justin Adams, who's going to introduce us to his take on the rules of the dating game. Justin is the creator of the Alpha Evolution, a dating relationship and sex expert who helps professional guys attract and keep the women that they really want. Tonight, we'll be diving into how you can attract the kind of woman that you want to be with, how to navigate the dating world, and how to put these rules to good use. So, gentlemen, this is a show that you won't want to miss. And also, ladies, all you ladies listening, you'll probably learn a little something useful, too. So, Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay, and you're, you're coming to us tonight from New York City. Yes. Yes, I am. Yep. Uh, Bluster in New York <laughs> right now. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Same here. Okay. So, well, it is, it is winter. So what do you expect? So, okay. First off, let's jump right in. Let's chat about these rules that you share to help men on their search for love. So what are the rules and how did you come up with them? Uh, well, there's a lot of rules uh, and it's really not for navigating the dating world is really more so about understanding oneself in the dating world uh, because a lot of guys, they just kind of screw that up and they take themselves out of a lot of good opportunities just by not understanding what they're doing wrong. Um, and I, I came through these, these, I guess, rules of the, of the dating game or rules of the game uh, through just my own trial and error and talking with, you know, hundreds of guys and listening to their experiences and then, uh, sort of compiling a list of do's and don'ts. So do you think without these rules, um, like do the rules need to be followed in order to have success or do the rules change for different people? I think for men, uh, for, you know, cis hetero men that yes, uh, if you are looking to be um, more of a leader in your life, looking to be more of a leader in your relationship, uh, and um, not vice versa, then yes, these these are rules that must be followed. Hmm. And is sorry, are the rules the same whether or not you like if you've been married for twenty years and all of a sudden you find yourself single, is it the same rules that apply uh, than somebody that's been sort of a serial dater? Uh, that's a really good question, actually, because. The rules actually become more important the, the deeper your relationship goes. So it's it's easy to stumble about when you're out here just kind of dating, uh, having one night stands, um, casually dating or whatever. But when you get into a relationship, your your game actually has to get even tighter. And then when you get married, your game has to be totally on point, right? Because there's more at stake. Okay, so so you're using the word game. Okay, can we talk about this? Um, yeah. How, like, can you sort of define that? Like, I guess when you think about a really big picture of life, like life would be considered a game. But what is the the dating game and what can men do with that? Okay, 
So game is, is really simple, all right? It's essentially the strategies one uses to get the things they want in life. And that's it. So everybody has game, right? It's just a matter of does your game suck or is it good? <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. But everybody has game. Okay, so does your game suck or is it good? Like, how do you monitor that? Because I'm sure some, there's some men out there thinking my game is great, but actually they suck. Like, how who how do you know? Like, where's the uh, you know the bar of don't cross this line or I need to get to that bar? Well, it comes down to what that man wants, right? So let's say a guy is interested in having um, lots of casual sex every month, okay? If he's not having lots of casual sex every month, then obviously his game sucks, right? If he wants to get into a relationship, but he can't seem to get past the dating phase, his game sucks. If he wants to get married and he can't seem to uh, find uh, a wife or a woman who's ready and willing to join him on his ride, then then his game for that sucks. Hmm. So like what results you're getting and then analyzing them. So I guess you need to have a really clear intention of, you know, what the goal is. Yes, absolutely. Huh. Okay. And no better time to do that because it's still early in the new year. And I guess this is when everybody sets their new goals. So is that something that you do is, uh, you're the creator of Alpha Evolution, which is um, so you're a dating relationship and sex expert is that you help people uh, go through that process to define what they want. Yes. And yeah. uh, it's it's geared for men. Right. Because uh, as a, uh, a colleague of mine says, it begins and ends with a man. So if more men, in my opinion, were doing what they're supposed to be doing for themselves, there'd be a lot more. Uh, happy guys and a lot more happy women, right? There wouldn't be so so much complaining. There wouldn't be like, where are the real men? Where, uh, you know, where are all the great guys, right? Um, things like that. Or you wouldn't be hearing like, oh, you're such an a-hole, that sort of stuff. Actually, that stuff does come up, but it's in a different way. But really what I do is I, I help guys look at their lives, look at their beliefs. Uh, mostly the work is looking at how they see themselves in the world and seeing if their own self-perspective is working for them or not. And we look at these beliefs and then peel them away, holding them up to the light to see if they're really worth keeping, right? And if they're not worth keeping, then we get rid of them. And then we slowly start this internal architecture of building themselves up and um, what, what they want to stand for and then um, go from there. And it really builds this internal world that's very, very strong and allows them to move more efficiently through the world with women included. Okay, so I'm just looking right now at your Instagram, and it says, um, "Your professional, are you a professional man who wants to attract and keep women without losing your wallet and self-respect? So are those the two main concerns that guys have these days is, you know, am I going to end up losing my wallet and my self-respect? Yes, yes. Uh, and that comes from... <clears throat> Well, that comes from a, a men being raised up in a culture of needing to pander towards women, right? And so they, you know, you look at literature, you look at uh, film, 
You look at all sorts of things in culture where, where men are conditioned to pander after the desires of women, but not really going towards their needs. And so they're like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And they end up losing their self-respect. They end up losing a lot of money. They end up losing a lot of time and energy while the guy who barely does anything gets the attention from the women. And the guys sitting there scratching their head and they're like, well, I was the guy like John Cusack standing outside with the boombox over my head and she just laughed at me, right? I'm the guy who took her out on vacations and bought her jewelry. She said, thank you very much, and then ghosted me, right? And then the guy who's doing absolutely nothing, she can't stop thinking about that guy. So I'm, I'm teaching guys how to become a little bit more like the guy that she can't stop thinking about while still maintaining a good moral compass. Right. So, so how do you do that? Like, how, how can that guy become the guy that you can't stop thinking about? Well, it starts with, with deconditioning themselves, deconditioning the, the white knight, Disney, um, you know, I'm going to save this woman. I'm going to become the prince of her dreams because that really does, that archetype doesn't really help anybody. It doesn't help the man, doesn't help the woman. Right. It doesn't help him become a good leader for himself. It doesn't help him become a good leader for his woman. It doesn't help him become a good father and so on and so forth. Um, it's just it's a, it's a conditioned archetype that basically ties in with a lot of capitalism and, you know, be able to make money off of people's hopes, dreams and emotions. So it really starts with tearing down those conditionings and uh, and then helping them understand more of who and what they are and how important that is to themselves and to the women in their lives. And and you also like go through a process of defining who that woman would be. Like, do you make a list of here's all the attributes that I want in a girl? Here's how, you know, I want her to treat me. Like, is that part of it or you're focusing solely on the guy? It's solely on the guy because once he understands who he is, then he no longer is able to uh, tolerate certain types of behavior, right? And the, and the more, the more uh, like, the more firmly he stands on his square, what I call, he's able to kind of weed out um, poor behavior. And then when someone does want to come into his universe, so to speak, he already has an idea of what that world looks like and where the rules are, where the parameters are, where, where, where it's kind of like getting a job in, in a company, right? So the company has no, has an idea of where their, their goals are. They have projections. They have idea of what they want. And there's rules for behavior if you want to work at that company. And it tends to work out very well in that respect. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, we're going to have to take a quick break. This is really fascinating. I can't wait to continue our conversation when we come back. We'll be chatting about more of these rules and how you can apply them to your dating game. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm your host, Joan Kelly Walker. Laura Bilotta will be back 
with us next week. I am in conversation tonight with Justin Adams of the Alpha Evolution. So we have been having a great discussion and we'll be getting right back into that. We're talking about the rules of the game of dating, that is, and how you can use them to your advantage. So welcome back, Justin. Thank you. Okay, so where were we? We were talking about uh, the rules and how they, how you need to start with yourself and how, uh, you know, if you're coaching and helping a guy set up the rules, the best thing he needs to do is focus on himself to begin with to really determine what he wants. Is that right? That is correct. And then he'll be able to more clearly I guess, market himself, right? So it's kind of like, you know, when you're starting a business, they say, if you're trying to please everyone, you'll never please anyone, right? If you're trying to sell to everybody, you'll never sell anything. So once he kind of niches down, so to speak, and becomes very clear on who he is and what he expects of himself, then that becomes a more clear evidence to the women around him. And those that really want to be part of what he's got going on will more readily come to him and he won't have to chase as much. He won't have, of course, he'll have to put in his bid, but he won't have to chase and try to convince any woman to kind of uh, be with him, which is what the conditioning says that you should do. They should constantly chase, 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 and try to convince and market towards, towards the, you know, the woman of your, of your attentions. And it rarely ever works out well for both parties. So how should a guy market himself? I mean, you know, this day and age now, there's so many platforms and your everything is important. Your photo that you put as your profile picture, you know, that that's like make or break it in certain worlds. So, like, what what marketing tools do you think are the most important and how do guys develop those? Well, the first marketing tool that a man has is the mirror. Because, mm-hmm. and, that, and I say that because most guys completely ignore that step and they go towards the outside, right? And then they get focused on this outside sort of, um, uh, you know, character that they're developing for themselves in order to get validation for themselves, right? When really that marketing really needs to start in with the man in the mirror. And if they spend more time looking in the mirror and less time looking out the window, then they'll really start to get to understand who they are and, and have some pride in who that is um, because they won't be able to, you know, kind of pull the wool over their own eyes and they'll have to attend to themselves the way they actually need to be. And that's really where the marketing starts. Hmm. But what if a guy is really set in his ways and like he wears the same hoodie and baseball cap constantly? Is that just part of his marketing and you go with I mean, it? If that's, if that's what he wants, for sure. But if he's like, oh, I've, I've got a different vision, then he's going to have to change what, what, how he's presenting in order to achieve that vision, right? So if he sees himself with more of a, uh, say, a more professional woman, he's going to have to change his look probably, okay? Um, because she's probably going to be in that area as well. Is that a guarantee? No. No, absolutely not. There's plenty of, of professional women who love a guy who's dressed down and casual and doesn't really care about wearing a monkey suit all day long, right? Mm. Boy, that must be really hard for some people, like men or women, to to like really seriously look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, here's where I'm at. 
here's where I want to be. How do I bridge that? And I guess that's where you come in, right? Yes, yes, because I will I will listen to their, their desires and then first make sure that those are true desires that they want, and then I'll be the one who holds their feet to the fire. And if they can't take it, then they're not cut out for this game, and maybe they should just do something else. Um, but when they do get to that point, when they can actually hold themselves accountable and then start improving, what that does is it extends beyond them, right? And then that allows them to vet for a woman's character, right? Because at that, after that, then that becomes their focus and they're no longer swayed by a woman's beauty. And they start vetting her character. They start checking behaviors at the door of what they find acceptable or not acceptable, no matter how beautiful she is. And that really, really changes the game. Like, and they start thinking to themselves, holy crap, I'm starting to get respect from the women around me because I'm no longer swayed by what I'm seeing, right? And uh, I'm more interested in seeing what's going on in, inside her head. Hmm. So, okay. So let's say that you've, you've gone through that process. You're now in the dating world. You're, you know, you're starting to date people and to assess, you know, what's going on in their head. Am I getting respect? Um, like, how do you stop yourself from being constantly judgmental of that person? Or is that just part of the process at the beginning while you're still sorting it out? Well, I think... I think men shouldn't judge women that are in their lives. And that's, that's one of the main things that holds them back, actually. It's not a judgment. It's more so understanding that they have certain standards of behavior that they're willing to accept and not accept. And it's not saying, it's not casting a judgment. It's just saying, I'm sorry, but that behavior is not acceptable for this, this little world that I've got going on here. It's, it's, not a, it's not a judgment. You can go do what you want to do, but it's not going to be over here, Right. But once, once that gets, gets passed, then what I'm teaching guys is to learn how to understand women's communication and their subcommunication so that they can learn how to then um, access emotions and learn how to flirt properly and bring arousal into conversation. Um, because another thing that I teach guys is to get away from this interview sort of sort of uh, line of, of talking with women and get more into understanding how to access that G-spot between a woman's ears. Okay, interesting. I like that. Um, okay, so we're talking about women's communication and sub-communication. Can you give us like some tangible examples about how women tend to communicate? Well, generally speaking, women aren't direct communicators. Uh, unless they have spent a lot of time conditioning themselves to be so. Uh, but usually women are very indirect communicators, so they'll express their interest uh, uh, in, in sideways sort of uh, methods. So, for example, uh, recently there was this woman who was showing interest in me. Now, she could have just said, hey, I'm interested in you. Can we talk? No, that's what a guy would do. What she did is she started following my stories, but not every single day. It was like one every three days. And then that started to increase. Then she would make comments, and the, and the comments on my posts started to increase. And then she would ask me a question. And so it was like this very, very slow buildup of her showing interest in what I'm doing and starting asking questions about my life or what was going on in that post or so on and so forth. And then would generally start showing her interest from there. And that's just one example of that I, that I show guys to, to keep an eye out for because 
they have to kind of get out of their own mentality of how they would go about doing things and wondering why women aren't doing it because to them, it's reasonable to walk up and say, hey, I'm interested in you. Do you want to talk? But obviously women don't typically work that way. Wow, boy, you have to be pretty astute if that's the case, because if you have a lot of followers, you know, you're looking through who's commented on your stories, like you have to really notice, okay, this person started liking this or started commenting on this. And if you, you know, if you're just getting to know a bunch of people, sometimes people tend to be interested in more than one person at once. You might have quite a few ladies commenting on your story. So you have to be astute to even like pay attention to notice that and track that. Like that seems like it would be fairly time consuming. Is that hard to do? Uh, Yes, it is. And that's what I explained to guys. And you bring up a very good point. One of the main things that guys say that they want is a roster. Essentially, for listeners that don't know what that is, is having a number of women on deck, right? So like three or four or five women that that you're interacting with either in conversation or physically. And I tell them, be careful what you wish for, because that requires a lot of management. And because each woman's going to have different personalities, you have to let them know, of course, that you are dating more than one woman. So now you have different emotions that are uh, having to be managed, different activities, different thought processes, different stages and different avenues of arousal. And it's extremely time consuming. So that's definitely something that I that I give warning to a lot of guys who say that they want that. But, you know, it is like that's like a tangible way that you can kind of track an interest level. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's actually very cool. It is. But it's you know, it's it is difficult. And uh, and women will fall off because it's really just hard to juggle, uh, you know, a lot of things in there. I mean, back in the day with like pickup artistry, they called it spinning plates. You know, like that guy in the circus with the stick with the plate spinning yeah. on the end of the stick and he had a bunch of them. It, that's a very difficult thing to do. And so really, um, you know, I, I do encourage men to speak with a lot of women uh, because it helps them get out of what's called one-itis. And when they're talking to one woman and who's showing interest in him, guys typically tend to just focus on her and turn her into this almost deity that they are are just obsessed with. And uh, by talking to more than one woman, it kind of uh, quells that that initial um, conditions response to having a woman in their world. Yeah, and it also helps avoid disappointment, I think. Like if you put all your eggs in one basket and that person, you know, if it doesn't work out, you are disappointed. Like you're putting yourself out there. So if you have, you know, a couple of people on the go to put it that way. Um, I think it sort of gives you something else to look forward to, like, oh, well, that didn't work out. So I'm protecting myself and having this small roster. Is that is is that a wrong approach? Would you encourage that? Absolutely not. No, I absolutely encourage it. Uh, it's just much more efficient instead of going one to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh, you can learn so much more in a short amount of time about yourself, most importantly, by having more than one person um, in, in your midst. Um, and then when also when you have that going on, you become less swayed by the things that come up inside you from having sex, from uh, flirting, from having interaction, because what that does is it 
it, you, you get put into more of a mindset of screening and why you're screening. So you start putting your principles in front of every single person that's in, in, in your life. So they have to kind of pass through that filter. And the ones that pass through, they're the ones who are, they're winning, so to speak. And then you can usually focus on one woman and say, okay, you've passed through this filter. Now you've got the pole position. Let's see what, what we can do from here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sex and dating and the timing of that is really important. And, you know, my rule you know, I've been married for like 22 years, but before that, my rule was like, you never, if you've got your roster and you're kind of, you know, looking at dating different people, as soon as you start having sex with one person, I think you should let the other people know, like, you know, I'm, I'm going down, you know, I'm getting more serious with one person. Um, so as you're not leading people on, but you know, like, I don't know, has that changed now? Do people have sex with more than one person at once? Uh, what, point do you have to disclose it? What's the timing of that? And do you have to disclose it? I think that you absolutely do. And most guys are scared. Most guys are scared because they don't want to lose that attention. So they have that habit. But I I encourage men to, from the jump, let women know that they're talking to more than one woman, that they're having sex with more than one woman. And if it's not for them, then they, they give them the first right of refusal. And if she sticks around, well, then you know that there's a high level of interest. Oh, my goodness. There's so much to talk about. We're going to have to take a break. I'm curious, like, does the woman also have to, you know, there's a lot of conversations. So after the break, we'll be discussing how you can leave past hurt and relationships in the past. Don't go away. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, AM 640. I'm Joan Kelly Walker, joined by my guest tonight, Justin Adams. And I'm looking forward to getting back to our chat on dating rules so you can move forward and date with intention. So welcome back, Justin. Thank you. Okay, so we were talking about sex. We were talking about, you know, if you're out there in the dating world and you've got a roster of people that you're interested in, I mean, that part is all great. Um, When you find you're interested in having sex with one person in particular, what should you do? Well, like I mentioned before, I think it's best to keep that upfront and open and concise right when you meet that person, Uh, because I I never want a woman in my life to be confused about anything. So she knows clearly what she's getting into when she steps into my world. Uh, In the past, I've made that mistake. And after having sex, which is, you know, where a lot of emotional connection happens. And now she's started to form, you know, a certain level of addiction to me because, well, I I know what I'm doing. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm seeing other people as well. And that really just, just hit them hard. So I'm like, okay, that's not the best way to move forward. I need to be clear and upfront right when I meet her so that she has the ability then and the freedom to make the choices that she wants to make, whether she wants to mess with me or not. And what about her disclosing 
her situation to you? Like, is it okay for a guy to come right out and ask, like, are you having sex with other people? Like, would a woman be offended about that? And when do you ask? Like, obviously, that's not a first date conversation, but what, what is the timing of that? Uh, for me and the men that I coach, it's the mindset that I don't care. Uh, it's not really a concern of mine. I'm just going to assume that the woman is. Uh, because these days, with the amount of choice that, that women have out here, uh, sexual liberation, I'm just going to assume that she is uh, you know, sleeping with more than one person, and I'll take precautions uh, you know, based on that assumption. I'm actually a little bit surprised about that because, you know, men are sensitive and emotional. And if you start having sex with someone, you could, you know, you, you want to avoid getting hurt. So, so you would not have that conversation with the woman. No. The, no. the getting hurt part has more to do with the man's lack of emotional control. And that's really part of the social conditioning that's happening to guys these days of telling them to tap in more with their emotions and, and, um, and feel around. But really, that makes them more susceptible to manipulation and uh, prevents them from seeing things more objectively and clearly and be able to make decisions from that place of reason. And uh, instead, they're coming at a place of, of, you know, how they feel about certain situations. And then they get into arguments with women and so on and so forth, and it just always ends badly. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So, so you know, we're talking about sex. We may as well talk about money. Uh, there's a lot of girls out there, a lot of women, that would still like to have a, a man pay for things for her. So, so what are the rules around money and dating? Who pays? Uh, well, it's, it's my position to uh, pay if you're the one who's asking, right? So, and typically, guys are the one who are asking. So, if they ask, then you pay, right? Uh, if if the woman asks, then she pays, right? Because it's it's an invitation. It's saying, "Hey, I've got this idea for this thing that I'm doing, or I'm already doing this thing. I'd like to invite you along and share this experience with me." And so, as you're now a host of that experience, and as a host, you are there to provide all the things necessary for your guests to have that experience. Now, if she wants to turn around and Pay, pay it forward in one way or another, that's up to her. Right. And and wouldn't it be reliant at a certain point of who makes more money? Like, yeah, I'd love to give you this great experience, but you make like 10 times what I make. Can you pay uh, for no. it? No, because I'm from the position that it's not the experience externally that the man is actually selling. What he really should be focused on is himself. He is giving the woman the experience of a man. And when dealing with my training, that really becomes apparent, having that shift. And then when women are experiencing him instead of the date, he can basically do anything. He can go anywhere. I mean, I once told a lady to uh, you know, wear a certain type of clothes, so jeans, boots, warm jacket, and so on, and be ready at five o'clock. And I picked her up it was on my motorcycle. She was surprised. And we rode out of the city. We went north. And I took her to a lake and with a picnic packed on the bike. And we skipped rocks. And she was absolutely enthralled with the experience because that was something of me. I wasn't trying to impress her with anything fancy. Guaranteed, she went home to her friends beaming while her friends had the same old 
fancy restaurant experience that every other girl had. And the only variable was the difference of the guy and the different thing that was on their plate. And she had this whole other thing to talk about. Oh, I love that. I'm sitting here like grinning from ear to ear. And there's probably a lot of our male listeners thinking, oh, I have to do that. I have to go get a motorcycle. I have to figure out a lake and get rocks. So that's amazing. But what other good date ideas do you have? Well, see, this is that's actually a good question because that date idea was due to me listening. So when I was talking with the, with the young lady, she was talking to me about her father, which I find I mean, one of the great rules, make sure the lady's got a good relationship with her dad. That's, that's a, a really, really good marker. And she did. And she used to spend a lot of time fishing. So I'm thinking, okay, spend time fishing, no doubt her dad showed her how to skip rocks. And she spent a lot of time at a lake. And so when I brought her to this place, we had the picnic and we started skipping rocks. She said, Justin, I haven't done this since I was a little girl. And it really brought her back, but I didn't like, and granted, I made that assumption, but it was a good guess. And it was, it was something that I found out through listening. Right. And you can find out date ideas through these sort of things, through listening to the subcommunications, the little reveals, the little golden eggs that women leave in their conversation when talking about themselves. Hmm. So was she a good rock skipper? Are you a good rock skipper? Yes, we had a lot of fun skipping rocks. That's amazing. And you know what? It's already time for another break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640. I'm your host for tonight, Joan Kelly Walker. Laura Bellotta will be back next week. My guest tonight is Justin Adams, and we're getting right back to our chat on the rules of the game of dating and what men need to be doing to find the woman that they've always been looking for. So welcome back, Justin. Yes, yes. Let's get it going. Okay, so um, here we are still in the midst of COVID. I have to ask, are there rules around dating given the current situation because of COVID? Like some people are vaccinated, some people are not. Are you allowed to ask? When are you allowed to ask? Uh, are you, like, what point do you trust and have uh, like physical, you know, you sit down with someone, when do you remove the mask? So how has COVID affected the dating world? Well, for me, I haven't noticed any difference. And, um, and it really just comes down to, again, what the man finds important. What, so if, it's, if those sort of safety parameters are important to him, then that is part of his filter process. Uh, if it's not, then that's part of his filter process. It really just comes down to what his own standards are for himself and the women that he's um, interested in bringing into that world. So, Justin, you recommend that men continuously vet a woman's character even after you've started getting serious. So why is that and how do you do that? Well, the reason for that being is that what I noticed is that most guys get lazy once they get into a relationship 
And you see it all the time. They get into the relationship, they get more complacent, they kick their feet up, and they're like, all right, I've won the, the prize, like I've, I've made the kill and dragged, uh, drug it back to my cave and now I'm feasting. And then they get just really too relaxed. And, uh, and then the, that changes the behavior of the woman that they're with. And, uh, and they start kind of, you know, the, 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 the edges of the relationship start getting frayed. And uh, really, it's up to him to maintain that structure uh, in the same way he was leading, trying to, to you know, get this girl. Um, and now he's should be continuously leading. And that has to do with checking behavior, constantly watching for things that are on the program or off the program. So um, a little bit of advice that you've given, if she's not giving you her best, you're not doing it right. So, so how does it monitor that? How do you monitor that? By yeah. high levels of, of interest and wanting to do things for you. Um, like literally, I've, I've recently gotten messages from a lady that I'm talking to, and she's like, Justin, tell me something I can do for you because her, her interest is that high. And so that's kind of how you know. And so kind of also like reflecting onto the, the, the COVID situation, when I've noticed that if there's a high level of interest, a woman will jump through rings of fire to spend time with you and will wonder, how can I get closer to what you're doing, what, you're, what you've got going on? And um, so you combine that with not accepting every little thing about her and like you're paying attention to her behavior, paying attention to her characteristics and vetting to see if she's a good fit for your life, um, it ends up being a very, very fruitful situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you can move mountains if you really want to be with someone. Yeah. You'll make it happen one way or another. So I totally agree with that. Um, so let's talk about uh, another rule of yours that I want to bring up that I think is a really good one to keep in mind is to never dishonestly befriend a woman who you're sexually inter interested in for a couple of reasons. Can you explain that? Uh, well, yeah, it's extremely dishonest. Uh, a lot of guys will do that, especially young guys. That's more for, for younger dudes and they'll be part of social circles and have an interest in a girl and then uh, kind of like, quote unquote, wait for the right time to express his interest. And he's really just trying to get at her sideways, which um, which really she is fully protected on. She knows all about that sort of stuff and can see these guys coming from a mile away. And um, unfortunately, they think that these guys are not sexually interested and uh, they're like, no, 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 they're just friends. And I said, okay, open up your phone, send these guys a text and say, you know, hey, Mitch, I've been really interested in, in you. I've been holding back these feelings. I want you to come over tonight. And like, whenever I give that challenge, they all balk at it. They're like, no, no, I couldn't do that. It's like, yeah, it's because you know the truth. These guys really want you and you're ignoring it. Um, but it's best for guys to just like express your sexual interest and that you would like to get to know this woman in an intimate way and that you're not interested in being her friend or her buddy or any of that other nonsense. Yeah, so it all comes down to communication. Yes, being clear and concise and direct and knowing what you want and presenting it in, in a smooth way. 
Hmm. So what what would you say is the best way to meet people? Like that has changed so much over the years. Like it used to be, you know, you'd meet people in bars, you'd meet people at work, you'd, you know, meet people on the street or like anywhere. So uh, what do you think now is the most important way to meet people? Well, I think it's really important to have a lot of tools in your in your tool belt. So a number of dating apps are, are really useful, um, social media, and getting out there in the world. Unfortunately, a lot of guys have become chicken about that, but that's something that I push because it challenges your comfort zones. And um, But I, I tell my guys that they need to be speaking to 15 to 20 women a day uh, just to, to work out their kinks and build up their, their comfort with that. Wow. Okay. And we're going to be running out of time. So what's your top list of the most important rules, just in point form? The top list of the most important rules uh, is putting yourself first. Don't spend too much time uh, validating women in order so that they will validate you back. Um, never overwork for, for a woman's attention because she will not respect you. Um, never get into your feelings about uh, how women are moving out here, right? Let them do what they're going to do. If they're not interested, they're not interested. And um, if you spend too much time as a guy trying to qualify yourself for the woman that you're interested in, you automatically disqualify yourself in her eyes because she will see that you're trying way too hard to get on her good side. Very good advice. And you know what? That's our show for tonight. Thank you for joining us this evening for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. Gentlemen, I hope that Justin's insight has given you something to think about. If you find that you've been struggling with dating and meeting new people, it might be time to rethink your approach. So let's keep the conversation going after the show. You can connect with us on Instagram and let's chat. You can find me at Joan Kelly Walker official and Justin, where can we find you? The best place is on Instagram and that's coach Justin underscore AE. And if you're ready to take control of your search for love, you can join Laura Bellotta and the team at Single in the City, the experts for Redesign Your Love Life, the ultimate single dating seminar on January 28th to 30th. This is a virtual seminar that features a series of workshops that will give you the tools you need to put an end to your single status. More details on the website, singleinthecity.ca. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next week.